0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples left for the villages round Caesarea Philippi. On the way he put this question to his disciples, who do people say I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, they said, others Elijah, others again one of the prophets. But you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter spoke up and said to him, You are the Christ. And he gave them strict orders not to tell anyone about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man was destined to suffer grievously, to be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and to be put to death, and after three days to rise again. And he said all this quite openly. Then taking him aside, Peter started to remonstrate with him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, because the way you think is not God's way, but man's. He called the people and his disciples to him and said, If anyone wants to be a follower of mine, let him renounce himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For anyone who wants to save his life will lose it. But anyone who loses his life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. The Gospel of the Lord. St. Peter's confession of faith is not only the turning point in St. Mark's Gospel narrative, but also a turning point in his relationship with the Lord. The disciples' identity and mission pivots on the identity and mission of the Lord. To follow him, which is to say to imitate him, requires that they first know who he is, But to grasp that Jesus is the Messiah is not the same as understanding what it means to be the Messiah. What the Lord does or must do, they must follow. Here we see a breakthrough, a a burst of light, a moment of enlightenment. But with every breakthrough there must be resistance, and with light comes the shadow cast by darkness. On the one hand, Peter, the representative of all disciples, gets it, but moments later we realise that he has still much to learn, to grow in both understanding and commitment. Instead of looking at the famous exchange between St. Peter and Our Lord, I would like to lead you to consider the teaching of Our Lord in the last part of today's passage. It was precisely Peter's gross misunderstanding of this teaching which got him into trouble. The saying of a lot here is perhaps one of his most ironic and paradoxical. Whenever we wish to win people to a cause, a party or a club, we always point out the advantages they would gain should they join our group. No sane person would paint a dark, sombre picture of your organisation, make it difficult for people to enter and expect to get long lines queuing up to sign up. When our Lord wanted people to follow him, he said some very strange words. If anyone wants to be a follower of mine, let him renounce himself and take up his cross and follow me. The path to discipleship therefore requires three specific actions. Self-renunciation, taking up one's cross and following Christ. Renouncing oneself seems counterintuitive. Isn't the goal of each person self-realization? Which is to maximize your potential, find the best version of yourself, rather than to reject self. Over the centuries, we are offered an entire list of advice on how to advance ourselves. The man bent on pleasure says, enjoy yourself. The teacher says, educate yourself. The artist says, express yourself. The philosopher says, know yourself. The millennial says, be yourself. But Christ says, renounce yourself. In a modern culture that prizes individualism, perhaps one fear looms largest when you hear the call to renounce yourself. The fear that we will lose everything. We will be deprived of everything that makes me, me. Our dreams will be trashed. Our desires blunted, our personality erased, our humanity lost. We will become one more drop in a sea of endless grey. But these fears have no basis. Our Lord assures us that when you deny yourself, you will not lose yourself. On the contrary, you will find yourself. Renouncing ourselves as the Lord's disciples will not diminish us, in fact, we will get a surprising upgrade. The life we find on the other side of self-denial may look far different from the life we have always known, but it will not, it cannot be any worse. It is a life where we gain a hundredfold more than we ever are willing to give up. It is a life of Jesus, who is the maker of all beauty, redeemer of all brokenness, Fountain of all joy. What is being renounced is not our best self, but a fallen, untamed self that seeks after its own pleasure and selfish goals, the self which leads to destruction rather than salvation. So, when we renounce this part of ourselves, we are actually saying no to the devil, get behind me, Satan. And we are saying yes to Christ, who calls us to follow him. After renouncing self, the Lord invites us to take up our cross. Now, what would the cross look like? A cross is never a burden when it is taken up willingly. The problem is that we erroneously label so many things in life as crosses when they are merely annoyances or inconveniences or things which we don't like. What is worse than the rejection of the cross is the trivializing of the cross. Many people interpret a cross as some burden they must carry in their lives, a strained relationship here, a tankless job there, a physical illness. With self-pitying pride, they say, that's my cross. When everything appears to be the cross, the real cross we must carry for Christ's sake loses its value. The cross which our Lord carried to Calvary the cross on which he was nailed to and died upon, is no mere symbol. It was real. Though some Christians were privileged to be martyred in the same manner, most of us will not see this kind of death. But the point is clear. The cross represents death, not just mere inconveniences or hardship or even a person or situation in your life. To take up your cross is the readiness to surrender everything to die to oneself in following the Lord. Here's the clue that distinguishes the cross from other false substitutes. The cross has to be taken up freely and willingly. But no one say that it will be easy. This is what the suffering servant in Isaiah's prophecy, which we heard in the first reading, does. He is not a relic- reluctant victim but rather one who willingly accepts the abuse that is heaped on him. I offered my back to those who struck me. I did not cover my face against insult and spittle. It cannot be forced upon us. We can never choose to flee from it or choose to bear it as a trophy, a badge of honour, because we are now sharing in what the Lord endured for us. The last part of the formula to become a disciple of Christ is found in these two familiar words, follow me. These two words together form a command found 13 times in the Gospels. The words mean immediate detachment from personal interests and attachment to Christ. Follow me is a call to imitation. To be a Christian means to be of Christ, to be like Christ, to be for configured to Christ, in that his identity and mission becomes ours. We become an alter Christus, another Christ. But follow me is also a call to obedience. It is no mere invitation but an imperative command and those who have heard the words of Jesus immediately left everything to follow him. It was a costly decision for them and so there is no genuine Christianity without obedience to Christ. The rich young man heard the call and realized that Jesus was his rightful Lord and Master. But then he refused to follow him because the cost was just too heavy. He was not ready to make the sacrifice. Giving the right answer is just the first piece of a puzzle. Living the right life is what completes it. This was the lesson St. Peter had to learn and which each of us disciple wannabes must take to the heart. The call to discipleship is radical and ultimately intertwined with the cross. The cross of our Lord Jesus is inseparable from the life of a Christian. We cannot claim to want to follow Christ if we are unwilling to renounce ourselves, take up our crosses, and follow him on the way which he has set for us. It goes without saying that Christ and the cross are a package deal. But instead of seeing it as a burden to endure, a peril to flee from, or a curse which we cannot avoid, recognize the cross as the only way to salvation. There can be no resurrection if there was no cross. As St. Rose of Lima said, apart from the cross there is no other ladder by which we may get to heaven. Such is the power of the cross we embrace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.